When it comes to weight management, we tend to focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. That's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up today. What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, your morning pitching podcast from Pitchos.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today is May 7th, and yes, we are going to talk about baseball. Thank you to everyone coming out for the Pitchos meetup yesterday at the commissioner, especially those who listened to the podcast and suggested to their friends, oh man, you have to go to the commissioner. Nick and company are going to be there. I know who you are. Thank you all so much for being here. It was a great time meeting wonderful faces. People just want to talk about baseball with other people. As we, I think, spent like six hours at the commissioner, it was a blast. I hope to see all of you next time we do stuff, and we'll have more events like this throughout the year. But let's talk about starters from yesterday. JP France made his MLB debut for the Astros. He didn't really need, really know what to expect from him. I did my home like very basic savant uh, analysis about his triple A starts. I was expecting a four-seamer cutter guy, and what we got was actually more of a kitchen sink guy doing a lot of different things from curveballs and sliders, and of course that cutter and the four-seamer. Got into a lot of trouble in that first frame, but then really just settled down pretty much nothing after for five innings, zero and runs, three hits, one walk, and five strikeouts. So, I don't really think he's that great. Um, I, I think his Four-seamer is a little more hittable than I would want it to be. Uh, I think that his command is fine. The, the slider and the curveball have good movement. But do I really think this is someone who is a big impact impact play? Not really. But you're not going to be you know, upset going after him for the White Sox next. I feel like that's a stream that you can be okay with. I think he's going to be my probable start tier for that one because the White Sox aren't very good in JP France with a winning ball club behind him like the Astros at 84 pitches in this one. That should be fine. So it's not this break the bank fab play from my view. But if you're saying, you know what, I want a good stream for this week. JP France, I think, is a solid play. Nathan Eovaldi went eight innings, zero and runs as he continues his scoreless innings streak to 20 straight innings. Really cool to see that. I am a little worried that after last time going 97 miles per hour across his fastball with the entire start, this was 95.7. So it still worked, and I'm glad, obviously, that it did. A little worse performance, though, in my view, this game from Eovaldi. And hopefully this is something that just says, all right, this given night, you know, he was closer to 96 than 97. Alex Cobb against the Brewers. Seven innings, zero runs, five hits, two walks, five Ks. It's kind of funny. The last three starts, he threw four sliders. Then he threw zero. And I expressed the last time how concerned I am about Alex Cobb. And then people people reached out on Twitter and said, No, Nick, you're being ridiculous. Because it's Mexico City and the elevation. And you can't trust a slider there. So what does he do? He threw four of them in 107 pitches in this game in Milwaukee. Or actually in San Francisco. So 3.7% slider usage. Yeah, my fear is the same, right? And ultimately, I'm not saying drop Alex Cobb. I'm not saying that. I'd say play it with the matchups here. Alex Cobb to me is still a cherry bomb because he's the same guy he was last year. Singers for cold strikes. Curveballs, hopefully for cold strikes, just really early in the count. And then if he has a splitter... That's great. You guys know how I feel about splitters. Just look at Fujinami and look at Kodai Senga. Both of these guys are volatile because they rely too heavily on a splitter. It's a forkball. 
same idea um, with Senga. So Alex Cobb, I don't think is going to be completely consistent if he doesn't have that extra pitch, that slider to really help him keep inside and bats when the splitter isn't there. That's really the whole basis of this still against the Diamondbacks next. Yeah, I'm fine starting Alex Cobb there. Dustin May against the Padres, six innings, zero and runs, three hits, one walk, six Ks. You'd love to see him cruise for a win here. Do I think that he's turned a corner and now I can really believe in Dustin May? No. Two out of 28 whiffs on his cutter and his curveball combined. So he's hyper-reliant on sinker called strikes, which is not something you should buy into for Dustin May. Three whiffs in 99 pitches, 23% CSW. This doesn't really add up to a strikeout per inning, typically. Doesn't add up to this kind of ratio dominance. This is something you probably want to sell high on with Dustin May. Drew Rasmussen has been a cherry bomb this year of going zero earned runs or bad, like five earned runs or so. 5.2 innings, zero earned runs, two hits, two walks, six Ks against Yankees in a very traditional, yeah, that's kind of what we expect Drew Rasmussen start. I hope that this is more of the norm. It's just going to take a few more starts for me to feel one way or the other. This was against the Yankees too, so clearly he had some help here to have success. Matt Barnes led the charge of a bullpen game from the Marlins. Jose Barrios went against the Pittsburgh Pirates. 6.1 innings, 200 runs, 5 hits, 1 walk, 7 Ks. This was actually a start when Barrios did what he should do. That is, have really good curveballs for 40% CSW. And then you have the sinker and the four-seamer stealing called strikes with 12 of them combined. That is how Barrios generally has his success. Changeups being a little bit more of a thing are... The next step, if we really want to believe in anything here for the long haul with Jose Barrios, but he's still the great undulator. And unfortunately, now it's Atlanta. So we're going to swing that pendulum back the other way, likely next time out. Austin Gomber against the Mets. The Mets are so bad right now. And even he got the win. Six innings, two runs, five hits, two walks, three Ks, six whiffs, 23% CSW. Oh man, uh, Austin Gomber should not be relied upon here. It does make me think that maybe Ryan Feltner, as Jordan White was telling me yesterday, could be a very good stream for today. Just something to think about that I've been kind of like, I don't believe in Feltner, but maybe I don't believe in the Mets offense more than Ryan Feltner. But we'll talk all about the streamers of today and tomorrow, and of course, the rest of all the starting pitchers from yesterday. Some interesting stuff from Logan Allen, Blake Snell, Mackenzie Gore after this break. Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom has created weight management programs that are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. So, stop chasing health trends and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. For all those interesting guys, we got to talk about Tommy Henry. Six innings, two runs, six hits, two walks, three Ks. 
I mean, is it worth it to get that three ERA? No, this was against the Nationals. You don't chase this. Mackenzie Gore was on the other side of it. Six innings, two earned runs, eight hits, one walk, nine strikeouts against the Diamondbacks. What I really liked in this one were his slider and his curveball down a lot. The heater needs to be a little bit refined. It was more of just throw it anywhere in the zone as opposed to, hey, I'm going to do pitch separation between the slider and the and the curveball. But Mackenzie Gore is okay. This is something that's a little encouraging to me. The hits will come down when the fastball command is a little bit better. But now it's the Mets and the Marlins, and with the Mets, the way the Mets are hitting and the Marlins after that, I'm kind of leaning in here. I know I was really in two starts ago, uh, and I, I've since retracted a little of my enthusiasm of Gore just because I don't know how locked in he is with his command. But seeing nine strikeouts here and seeing those sliders and curveballs down is really, really encouraging. Blake Snell against the Dodgers. Six innings, two and runs, one hit, three walks, six Ks. We're taking steps forward, guys. And clearly the curveball and slider were great. Sadly, no, that was not the case. The curveball that was such a great pitch in the previous one, only 41% strikes in this. The slider, two out of eight strikes. His fastball was kind of all around the zone. And his changeup, his changeup was the best pitch here. What is going on? Uh, I was really hoping to see like curveball and slider take shape. I mean, I still kind of want to believe in it with Blake Snell because as you clearly know, this stuff is very, very good. One day he'll click fully. And I'm saying all this after actually having a productive outing against the Dodgers. Logan Allen against the Twins, 5.2 innings, 200 runs, 7 hits, 2 walks, and 3 strikeouts. He had 8 whiffs and 22% CSW in this one. Logan Allen, honestly, you're going to see starts like this from him. He is not that overwhelming strikeout guy. He's not going to be a 30% strikeout guy. I'd say he's more like a 22%, 23% as a holly. And he'll have those nights of like, oh, cool, here's 70 strikeouts. Great. But he's more like a strikeout inning or slightly underneath that with, with stuff that he's providing, which is this changeup in the slider with a decently commanded, well, actually, I would say a well-commanded fastball. So he's more like a holly, right? A step above a Toby. And that's fine. I'm cool with that. I think he should be rostering all 12 teamers and you should be rolling with them throughout the year. Spencer Strider against the Orioles. Five innings, two and runs, four hits, zero walks, 10 strikeouts for a golden goal. Yep, that sounds right. Good job, Spencer Strider. You are very good. Now, can you please make it so you don't need 95 pitches to go through just five innings? That would be wonderful. Domingo Herman, it was a play for strikeouts against the Rays. Five innings, two and runs, four hits, two walks, five Ks. I'm glad this worked. I really am happy about it. Now he has to do it again versus the Rays and then the Jays after. I still feel like this is too risky. Uh, he's not doing something so defiantly good. I mean, the change was good enough and so it was the fastball and the curve was great. But the Rays, I mean, maybe the Rays are coming back down to earth. I feel weird about it. Drew Smiley against the Marlins did not do as well as I wanted him to. Sure, five strikeouts and six base runners, but it was only 3.1 innings and two earned runs and five whiffs. Really, the curveball was not landing where it normally does inside the zone. And that's really it. So now it gets the Twins and the Astros next. I do think the curveball will be better in the next start against the Twins. And so that does make me think that's okay. But the Astros after, absolutely not. So if you are on the fence about holding on to Smiley, I don't really think you need to hold on to that Twins one. Um, and you can move on the process. Remember, we were really in on Smiley because he was doing the right thing at the right time against weak opponents. Very sad it didn't work out here. And I think it's time to adjust. Colin Ray against the Giants. I mean, okay. Six innings, three hundred runs, four. It's one walk, four Ks. 
I don't really care, but he does get the Royals next. I'll be a questionable start at the very least. That, that's all I can give you. Marco Gonzalez. Here's the thing. Last four starts, Marco Gonzalez has had his pitch separation down bad. Talking Blake Snell blueprint with four seamers up or at least on the edges with curveballs and changeups down. Thing is, he hasn't gotten the best opponents here to face, right? He just went against, against the, the Astros last time. Six innings, 300 runs, six hits, three walks, four Ks for a very poor quality start. But the thing is, now he gets the Tigers. So you can say whatever you want about how Marco Gonzalez has performed with the bottom line of the box score, but he's doing the thing that would let him take full advantage of the Tigers. This is it. This is the start I'm circling and want to stream. Sonny Gray against the Guardians. Five innings, three and runs, four hits, three walks, six Ks. We knew it wouldn't hold the entire time. And the curve was still excellent. The slider wasn't, though. And the cutter wasn't nearly as big of a factor as it was in previous starts. Make him rely a little bit too much on the fastballs. Fine. I'm selling high here on Sonny Gray. I have been. I'm not saying that he's donezo. The curveball's still fantastic. But... Yeah, we all knew he wasn't really a top 20 guy. Cal Bradish against Atlanta. Don't really care. His four-seamer had a 47% CSW, and I still didn't really buy it. His slider was good at 36% usage. Um, but I think Cal Bradish just is not a polished pitcher, and I don't think that four-seamer is nearly as good as that 47% CSW would suggest. Corey Kluber against the Phillies. Five innings, 200 runs, seven hits, zero walks, 1K as... I am not going to get any butter on my bread. Yeah, you don't do that. Tyler McGill, very big disappointment against Rocky Road. 4.2 innings, 300 runs, 6 hits, 3 walks, 4Ks. Man, this Mets rotation is just in shambles. Everything is in shambles. You got this, Mets. I believe in you. Reed Detmer, speaking of guys I believe in. Look, this was the Rangers. And 4 innings, 300 runs, 7 hits, 2 walks, 7Ks. I, I put him in questionable. The Rangers are a top-tier offense. It's like... I, I, it's interesting. There are certain guys every year who are struggling and some of them, Alec Manoa, I'm like, yeah, there's everything showcasing like he's struggling and it's really concerning. And then there are guys like Reed Demers who are clearly better than they've ever been uh, when it comes to their skills. Um, he sat 96 in this one, not 94.5, 96 with his four-seamer. He had 47% CSW on his curveball. 8 over 39 whiffs on the slider, which is about a, what, 22% C-step, or swing strike rate, something like that. I'm doing quick maths here. Something like that. 20%. It's there. It's just he got the Rangers, guys. And so now he's going to get Cleveland, Minnesota, and Miami. You know, it, it's May 7th. What, one-sixth of the season? In the least sticky month of the season, that is April. Reed Detmers is very much someone I want to be rostering in 12-teamers. And it'd be very easy for me just to say, uh, yep, all right, I was wrong about Detmers. Let's move on. Someone else. I do that all the time with guys. I drop them massively. Detmers, I know. I believe in this 23-year-old developing and getting better as the season goes on. And especially when he actually comes out and soars. I think he's going to stick with that. Generally, when it comes to young pitchers, they have early success then failure, and then when they succeed after that valley is something that they normally hold on to for a while. So I'm very excited about that. I'm also kind of excited about Nick Lodolo. I know that I, uh, you know, I've referenced actually uh, Jordan White texting um, Chris Weber saying, is Nick Lodolo just Andrew Heaney? 
And I I understand that. Um, 3.2 innings, three and runs, six hits, one walk, three Ks against the White Sox yesterday. Very disappointing. I think obviously he's a better version of Andrew Heaney. And I do want to buy low here, but I don't want to, I really want to say that it is, has to be low because it isn't a good situation for Lodolo in a obviously a home run heavy park and on a non-winning team for the Reds. And he's clearly has some cherry bomb tendencies when it comes to his command. But overall, his ability is speaking is way better than starts like this, right? Heater and Breaker are both really good, and I just don't, I just don't think that Nick Lodolo is destined to be a ratio bust for your teams. Uh, Mike Clevenger did well against the Reds: seven Ks, seven base runners, four runs, got the loss. So I don't really know if I should treat this as a win or a loss for Peel Bot. I gave him the win. The machine needs help. <laughs> Um, but I also wanted to make it a closer competition, though, so I'll always lean that way. But yeah, you don't want to continue trusting Clevenger. I mean, sure, he gets the Royals next, but like that's a coin flip at best. Ken Waldachuk got the win for Oakland. Oh my gosh, incredible. Let's all celebrate. The five innings, four and runs, six at six walks, six Ks. Okay, all right. Uh, the commit is not there. Adam Wainwright is back against the Tigers, and five innings, four and runs, eight hits at zero walks, five Ks. Just do not chase it. I know it's a still ill and everything, but he's throwing 87, 88. Yeah. And, and I don't know if you noticed, I mean, I might mention on this podcast. I know I mentioned on stream, he had a triple A game that he was throwing like, what, 15% fastballs, those changeups and sliders. And it was so weird. And then, yeah, this was just curveball and fastball. <laughs> he was back to normal once he returned. It was pretty funny. Spencer Turnbull against the Cardinals. He's a frozen banana. You don't want to touch that. Uh, Bailey Falter, you don't want to touch that. Uh, Brady Singer against Oakland. Oh, man. Uh, he's been a cherry bomb this entire year. And I've been saying 2021, 2022, 2023 is the same pitcher, Brady Singer. But this year, I will say the slider has not gotten the same amount of whiffs as it usually does. His command, though, is good. And that's what's so strange to me. So he does get the White Sox next. And uh, and then the Tigers and two starts after that. But then again, this was the Athletics. So it's kind of hard to figure out if this is going to work out or not. Um, it's it's really tough. I think you can move on from Brady Singer. If you're really in dire need of strikeouts, I think you can actually chase this. But Brady Singer is really, really tough. You don't have to hold in 12-teamers, Brady Singer. Last one is Yohan Aviedo against the Jays. We knew that. It was against the Jays. He's the cherry bomb with questionable command. He does get the Orioles next, and that could work out better as a higher chance, of course. But yeah, I he's a kind of a frozen banana to me until the command really locks in for Johan Avellano. Looking forward to today and tomorrow's games. We have today Garrett Cole, Joe Ryan, Alcantara, Urias, and Mason Miller as auto starts. Musgrove, because of the, the football is turn facing the Dodgers, he is in the probable start tier with Graham Ashcraft, our stream pick of the day, Hayden Wesneski. And Bryce Miller, yes, I'm putting Bryce Miller in the probable start tier against the Astros. I really liked what I saw, even though it was athletics. I'm going for it. Um, questionable starts here. You have Ross Stripling, Martin Perez, Bryce Elder, Nelson, Ryan Nelson, Yusei Kikuchi, Michael Kopech, Cal Quantrill, Tyler Wells, Stephen Matz, Joey Lucchese. I'm going to, you know what? Why not? Ryan Feltner get in there <laughs> at the very bottom. Um, all of those are either Toby's in questionable matchups or high strikeout upside like Kikuchi and Kopech against, I don't know if I really want to chase Kopech against the Reds in Cincy or Kikuchi against the Pirates right now. But I understand if you want to, it's it's not fun stuff. 
And then do not start tier, it's Trevor Williams, Tanner Houck, Ronzi Contreras, Ryan Yarbrough, Jose Suarez, Taiwan Walker, Brandon Bilak, uh, Josh Fleming, Adrian Hauser, and Alex Fajardo. I mean, these are all really bad matchups or just not good enough guys. Tomorrow's starters, Shane McClanahan, Dylan Cease, Zach Gallen, Nestor Cortez are all very clear auto starts. All against good enough opponents, save for Shane McClanahan, but Shane McClanahan against the Orioles, so like, who cares? Tanner Bybee against the Tigers, obviously you're doing that. Freddie Peralta against the Dodgers, Peralta does well regardless of opponent. And Marcus Stroman's having a great year against the Cardinals, who've been struggling offensively. In the probable start tier, Mitch Keller gets Rocky Road, and Anthony Descafani gets the Nationals. Absolutely, you're doing those. Logan Gilbert gives me the heebie-jeebies against the Rangers. Yes, I just said that on a podcast. I think his fastball is still good enough. This the curveball was curveball was actually waking up last time, so I think I'm probably starting this one. It's just not really something I'm super excited about. Hunter Brown is going against the Angels. I think he's way better than he was last time, so I'm going to let him go. JP Sears against the Yankees is my stream pick of the day. I know this might be seeming a little bit aggressive or so for JP Sears against the Yankees, but the Yankees are bad. They're still going to have no judge until Tuesday. This is for Monday. And JP Sears' fastball and slider were both really, really good lately. I think this is going to be a great start for him. And Tony Gonsolin against the Brewers. I don't love Tony Gonsolin, but it's the Brewers, and I feel like this should work out in his favor. Questionable start here just has three guys. John Gray against Seattle. Patrick Sandoval against the Astros. And Miles Michaelis against the Cubs. Gray doesn't really have a great fastball at the moment. And the slider's good, but not excellent. And it's just, eh, don't really like it. Patrick Sandoval against the Astros. I don't really think I need to say much more about this. Is He's a bit of a cherry bomb. The Astros are good. You don't really want to start Sandoval for that. And then Miles Michaelis against the Cubs. He's a Toby. And the Cubs are an above average offense. So you might want to sit that one out as well. And then do not start tier. All these guys could theoretically work. I just think the probability is too low and the ceiling is too low as well for it to actually go your way. Michael Renzen against the Guardians. Braxton Garrett just coming off of, what, 12 runs or something like that? Gets the Diamondbacks. Zach Greinke against the White Sox. Kyle Freeland in Pittsburgh. Maybe I'm not giving Kyle Freeland enough credit. I don't know. You go do whatever you want. Kyle Gibson against the Rays. No, thank you. And Jake Irvin against the Giants. I don't want to do any of this. All right. Good luck today on your Sundays. Hope you win all of your weeks. But that is it for today. So my name is Nick Pollock. And may your babbits below and your strikeouts high.